freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Everybody, welcome to episode number 259 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. Our show, our theme today is Preppers Predicted This. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. What did they predict? <laughs> well, we're going to find out. Our guests today are Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher, author, authors and co-hosts of the syndicated radio show and post prepping 2.0. Mm-hmm. Glenn is the author of the best-selling prepper novel series, two nine, 299 Days. His day job is being an attorney suing the government. I wait. I don't hear the yeah cheers. Woohoo! Going on right now. <laughs> Job security and that. He yes. and Shelby live in rural Washington State, far away from the insanity in Seattle. <laughs> and Shelby is the author of the prepper novel series "A Great State," which predicted the mayhem in Portland and Antifa starting wildfires. Wow! Awesome. Welcome I can't get past the <laughs> suing the government. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you for doing your part. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Well, thank you for having us. This is great. We've been on a show together on somebody else's show, and it kicked off, and the chemistry was good, and then it took a lot of scheduling stuff, and now we're on here, and we're very thankful to be on here, so thanks for having us. Absolutely. Um, Go ahead, Ms. Shelby. I was just going to say thank you. It's it's. It's it's nice to do these kind of shows now and using all the Zoom skills that we've all developed in the last six months, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. Boy, that is the truth of it all. And you know, I did title uh, theme this show. Preppers predicted this. How much are you guys sitting there, like looking at each <laughs> other, going, "Hmm." <laughs> Take it away, Shelby. You've got a more specific uh, answer to that than I do. You know, it's, it's, unless you read my books and the trilogy, a great state, it's, it's absolutely mind boggling how much I predicted. And I wrote the majority of that series four years ago, about this time, four years ago. And at the time I was writing it in such a way to be extreme. I mean, it's fiction, take something that, you know, and kind of play it to an extreme degree. And I did that four years ago based on the riots that happened in Portland right after President Trump was elected. And there was about a week's worth of violent riots. And I thought, well, what if you take that to an extreme? And guess what happened summer 2020? It went to an extreme. And it combined with, shockingly, forest fires, ground fires. And so it's, it's, a, little, it's, it's a little humbling and a little bit freaky 
<laughs> I mean, freaky is the best to think. I, I, I wrote about this in a fictional way. What we are experiencing right now in the Western United States with the fires in Antifa and riots in a fictional way four years ago. So it is humbling and a little bit scary. And I take my dreams a little bit more serious now when I have weird dreams, okay? <laughs> For yeah. sure that, holy cow. Um, and and that is the, um, the Great State mm -hmm. series. And then uh, Glenn, you've got the 299 days. Mm -hmm. Now, how does that tie into all this crazy that's going on right now? Yeah, my focus was uh, more general and more about national situations. And so I didn't get down to the very nitty gritty details like Antifa starting forest fires in Portland. So that's why I said Shelby's got a more specific answer. Mine was more of a general um, economic, which is coming soon, um, but a political, cultural um, breakdown of the country and how it affects people. It's a 10 book series. So there's a lot of storylines and a lot of the storylines are just and I, I hope they're entertaining. I think they are. But what they really are, are vivid depictions of what's coming. So some of the things that that I got right and, and they're minor, but it's interesting The the state auditor of my state I wrote about years before that, you know, she would get indicted and be kicked out of office. I got the gender wrong. It was a guy, but he was indicted and kicked out of office. Um, part of the book series is that I used to be um, a Washington State uh, insider kind of guy, lobbyist, and I was actually an appointed government guy in an agency. And so, um, but anyway, but all kinds of stuff about how communities form up. It's all very positive. There's no crazy nasty weird apocalyptic you know the the cliche zombie stuff i hate that stuff it's all very positive um, communities get together good people do good things bad people do bad things some good people do bad things and some bad people do good things because human beings are very complex and anytime anybody suggests there's going to be some cookie cutter answer um they're almost always wrong that's been my life experience and so much to my great surprise, I, I really had never written fiction before in my life. I had no plans for any of this to go anywhere. It started off as a post-it note with some bullet points, and then it ended up becoming 4,000 pages, 90 hours of audio. Now you think about that, 90 hours of audio, that's a lot of story. And uh, to my great surprise, I have to admit it, I, I hope I don't sound immodest. It's been commercially very, very successful, one of the bigger prepper novel series I think there is um, and that was a stunner and so the neat thing is I wasn't trying to tell a story I wasn't trying to sell books I wasn't trying to do anything except write down what I thought was going to happen and then I've met all these amazing people in my life and amazing collection of characters and I just kind of linked them all together in the books and to me, it wasn't hard because these are just normal people. People say, oh, that was really amazing, this interesting person and this clever dialogue. I'm like, that's what we talk about. That's how we talk. And so I was as surprised as anybody that it took off like it did. And it's it's been a great ride. So a lot of things, it's, it's too much of an answer to say, well, out of the 4,000 pages here, are the 308 things I kind of foreshadowed. And so a lot of it's in there just kind of, go on Facebook or go online and, and look at what people are saying about the books. Um, they About once a day, somebody or more says, um, aren't you scared that all this stuff you predicted is coming true? And I'd say, yeah, because if you get to book 10, it 
it's not a pretty picture. So um, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird sensation. Sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll end with this on this question, but sometimes in my mind, I don't really know if this is whatever event is occurring, if it's something I wrote about, or if it's something that's actually happening and there's like this blending between the two. And I know Shelby's had this experience too. Sometimes you have to stop and wonder, is this in the book or is this real or is this both? And wow. it's, it's a very uh, uh, unique experience. It never thought I, it would happen. So anyway, that's, that's about some of the predictions. It's got to be super surreal for both yeah. of you. And so could we maybe jump ahead in the books and go, <laughs> okay, so maybe here's how we can start writing the path. You know? <laughs> yeah, we could write his, uh, the future. Let's go for it, Glenn, right? Exactly. <laughs> Yes, well, you've written all the crazy that's happened. So start writing books about how we get out of all this mess, mm -hmm. and and maybe we'll start uh, getting on that train. Well, and that's in and that's in the series too. The later books describe how basically good people get together and do good things and don't do bad things, and our side is just inherently more likely to succeed because we're decent human beings, yeah. and liberty and freedom and safety and prosperity are what we do. And the other side does the opposite of all that. So that's why we win. There's no magic 107 point plan or anything. It's just yeah. because we're right, we'll win. The, the thing that scares me about that is the, the other side seems to think that it doesn't matter what they do. They just do it where us, we kind of feel like, uh, I don't, I don't, I'll do it, but I don't want to get in trouble for doing it. it <laughs> we, have we have consequences. Okay? Well, on the other and side, don't. I think, does believe that they're, some of them believe that they're being altruistic and they're being, you know, acting out of the right headedness. And uh, so that's, that's what's a little bit hard, you yeah. know, whenever, when both sides feel like, yes, I am on the side of good. So, so anyway. I have to ask Glenn. So Glenn, well, both of you really, but uh, what, what have you done to prepare yourself for this? If I ask. <laughs> wow, we only have a half hour. Um, mm -hmm. Just give me a general uh, idea. What an average guy that mm -hmm. hasn't even thought about it, what could they do right now to pre prepare themselves? This, I hope this doesn't sound self-serving, but the first thing that came to mind, um, it does. We don't make any money on it, so it's not self-serving. That would be listen to our podcast, mm -hmm. Prepping 2.0. It's free. Uh, it's a radio show in a lot of Western states, but go onto the website, prepping2-0.com. Listen to the shows. We're, we're on episode 99 now, and we'll be debuting episode 100 next week. And there are 99 answers to that question, and we, mm -hmm. we take a specific topic. We're not as much the... Um, here are the 10 things you need in a bug out bag kind of podcast. Cause that's covered elsewhere. We cover things that people never thought of. Um, for example, the last episode that we just recorded, and this is not going to sound like a prepper thing, but it is. And that is um, the, the a teenager's view of this Shelby's son is 15. And we never thought about this till he started talking to us about sort of how he got ripped off of the American dream and prom and football season. And, it, first of all, it's interesting, but second of all, a lot of people, uh, whether they have kids or grandkids or nephews or nieces, um, they need to understand sort of where their their teenagers are coming from because you need to understand people's psychological and emotional makeup to understand how they're going to operate. We talk a lot about community, community, community. Can't do this all alone. Um, we cover all kinds of things, um, communications, water, and then a lot of just where things are going because 
um, we want people to understand that they're going to, they're about to see things that are going to be unbelievable and there's going to be even worse stuff than the riots and everything. And they need to have their head in the right place and understand that, yes, this is really happening. We don't get into conspiracy theories and, and nothing racial because that's not us. Um, I don't think that really is in the prepping thing. I always feel like I need to say it, but everyone's like, yeah, well, why? Eh, whatever. But um, so we, we give people mental preparation. And uh, one of our most successful, as, as far as downloads go, most popular guests, we've had him on three times now. He's a, a food industry CEO. And he told us in April, all the shortages we were going to see. And here's the cool thing. He told us why. And, and he's like on conference calls with like trucking companies and stuff like that. And so he told us about the the shortages in, in the packaging materials and all these other things there. You can listen to his show in April and they have all played out and people can see it with their own eyes. We had him on again. And then we had him on again a couple of weeks ago where he said, here's why this winter, the food shortages um, are going to be worse than they were in the spring. And, and it's not like shock, like, Oh, freak out and run out and go buy stuff. He, when he describes why, because <laughs> he actually knows what he's talking about. Um, it's, it's very powerful. So those are, that's like a flavor of things people can do. It's, it, there's too much stuff to put that in one answer. Um, maybe if I had to boil it down to one thing, it would be this, this is doable. If you start now, you don't need a million dollars and you don't need to do crazy complicated things. Um, start now, but definitely start now. And, and a topic that I think everyone, if they haven't already, and if they're listening to this show, they're going to already be squared away on this guns and ammunition and magazines. Very, 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 very important. So I hope I haven't hogged up the time um, from Shelby. Guns and ammunition is, is, is already, we're seeing that. I mean, there's a run on ammo. You can't get nine millimeter ammo. It's some places are $50 a box for 50. It's a dollar around and guns, you know, there's people and we have a gun shop, azfirearms.com in uh, Avondale. And every day we're seeing new people coming in buying guns. Mm -hmm. It's never bought guns before it's not necessarily for the preppers type situation. They just want to defend themselves because of all the riot stuff that's going on. I guess that would still be prepper because they're, they're, they're preparing. Aired yeah. mindset, right. right? So, uh, and I don't understand it because ammo, you think, okay, just make more, right? <laughs> Your Winchester, just make more, have three shifts running. Well, they can't because COVID, they can't get people to come in or their primers from another company or can't make the primers because they don't have the manpower to do it. So I, as long as this continues, it's going to be a shortage unless something happens that, that stops, we're going to have this problem for a long time. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and if I can, if I can jump in on that and I, I'll Please. give a much shorter answer. If you're, if you're just coming to the prepping game, um, and I think Dan in a recent show said it the best, your window of time to prep, if anyone's listening and watching, it is shrinking. And the, and the firearm and ammunition world is a good example of that. You almost cannot buy a firearm anymore. You almost cannot buy ammo anymore. It's going to become that way with other things. Try as hard as you can. I don't ever want to discourage me. Find a way to defend your home with a firearm and ammunition. And you're going to have to get creative. I think we all know that. The same is going to happen with food. And Dan said that on our show. Food is not going out and finding fancy, fancy food. It's going out and buying a case of canned soup. It's going out and buying bags of rice. It's going out and buying bags of pasta. Buying food 
that is shelf stable that you will feed your family for the next year. You need to think about being able to feed your family for a year with the food shortage that, the shortages that we have coming. Find a way to get some cash in your house and some gold and silver. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would say also to find a way to communicate with people that are important to you. If you can get your radio license going, if you can, sorry, my dog is going to join us. Posh, so <laughs> let me push her out of the way. Um, but also find a way to communicate, find a way to talk to aunt Susie in another state and make sure you have lines of communication with your family and your friends. And if that, that might mean radio. So I encourage you to think about all these things and do something in those in your prepping department every day. We don't have any more time. It's not one of those, you can't have a five-year plan for prepping. You need to have a five-day plan for prepping. The mm -hmm. window is shrinking. And everyone that we've interviewed in recent weeks has said that in one way or another. So if you're ever on the fence about prepping, is this something you should do? Um, yes, you should. And actually, if anyone teases you about prepping, <laughs> turn it back on them. The average person since COVID has become a prepper. How do I know that? Toilet paper shortages. Uh, all the shortages that we're seeing, the gold and silver, the ammo, uh, there's there are, there are other things, uh, canning supplies, gardening supplies, all of those things that are prepping, kind of homestead related. Are, there's all shortages on those. Why? Because the average person gets it. So if somebody's going to tease you about being a prepper, they're in the minority. So put aside your confidence. Yeah. You've got the confidence. Get it done. Get out there and do something every day to help prepare your family for unrest. Yeah, and the thing is, it doesn't hurt because it's like, what's wrong with having some extra food around? There, you know, if you just make no sure you buy stuff that doesn't expire, right? Because you, you're going to eat it. It's like bottled water. I mean, how many bottles of water can you have? Well, as many as you want because you're going to drink it, right? You're going to, you know, you just have to rotate it. Well, Same with your, sure. you know, so. There's well, no and people with really, right. Absolutely. People with really small uh, children, one of our granddaughters was very young and still on Strictly Formula when all of this just started. And we were highly nervous that we were not going to be able to get formula because we were seeing empty shelves on, you know, staples, yeah. staple items. She's thankfully now she can eat anything. God, God <laughs> love her. She's got my appetite and, uh, and teeth. <laughs> um, but it, it was a scary feeling when you look at, you know, it's somebody, the tiny somebody that has a very specific and specialized diet, you know, you might be in a grown up person who has a very specific and specialized diet and you've got to prepare yourself for that. You're not going to have the liberties necessarily to just walk in at the moment's Absolutely. notice and, and get what it is you need. Am I correct? Absolutely. And, and we knew a person at the time that COVID all happened that had a baby. It wasn't, it was formula and wipes and diapers and, and, and all those things. So um, wherever you're at in your life, like right now, I, we don't have small kids, but if, prepare for those things that you know your family needs. And it can be very scary. And think if you need kind of a shot in the arm about that, if you like, Here's one. I during COVID, believe it or not, I had a corrective eye surgery in the middle of this summer, and I, and this is one of the reasons why it's a correct. It was an elective surgery, and Glenn and I had been talking about it. In the middle of April, in the middle of our property, I walk around and a contact lens had popped out. And at that time, if a 
I'm blind. I would be blind without my contact lenses. And I, I spent 20 minutes yeah. out in the middle of nowhere looking for this contact. He came and helped me. Luckily, we found it. And that was that scary moment you just spoke about where it's like, if I can't get it replaced, by, I can't go to my eye doctor. I'm now functionally blind and I'm now no longer an asset to what we're trying to do here. So think of that's where wow. prep from there. If you have one of those things where it's like, if I don't mm -hmm. have this, I, well, it would be bad. Start there, fill in that gap yeah. and make sure you have what you need. So as a result, I've had the corrective eye surgery. So we're good. <laughs> well, I think the people that make fun about the preppers are the ones from way in the back, long time ago, you know, they said prep for when uh, the nuclear thing was in 63, 64. And, but you know, it's a different situation now. We actually have seen shortages on the shelf. Mm -hmm. And it's not just like you said, the toilet paper, or the ammo and stuff. So I think that it is a different situation. And we have a lot of people that just don't like America. They just, and, and the, the way things are going, and we're going to have a fight. There's going to be a fight. How we, we prepare American for that. What's, what's it, sad about that, we have American citizens who don't like America and are actually trying to burn it down. We, so when people say that here? there's going to be a conflict, <laughs> there's going to be a conflict because they want to start it. And we've seen that in the headlines. Sadly, it's very sad. Mm -hmm. Right. No, for sure. And, you know, I, the people that are just listening online, they don't see that uh, Shelly has a, a, a mask on that says, it looks like it says Miss America. And you would see, well, why would she not wear Miss America mask? She's beautiful. <laughs> but it actually says, I miss America. And oh my gosh, I mean, it just gives me uh, goosebumps because it's true. I mean, I don't know uh, if we're all of a similar age, but I think we're all old enough to remember a different time, a different mindset, a different feeling about um, the, the, the future of our nation. It did not seem quite so um, uncertain as it does now. So when you have that mask that says, I miss America, what Glenn, Glenn and you shall be both. What, what do you think about that? Um, it's the three words that say it all. And the origin of that phrase is from my books, 299 days, the Patriots who were caught behind enemy lines. Um, make stencils and they spray paint it um, all over the place. And it tells the populace that number one, the Patriots are operating in that area and gives people confidence. And number two, those three words really sum up absolutely everything. By the way, I can't take too much credit for it. It's a line in a Merle Haggard song. So thank you, Merle, rest, may you rest in peace, sir. But, um, and, but that's what it means. And what it means is exactly what Cheryl was talking about. Um, decency, um, a future, a better future, a brighter future. One of the things I try to do is, as little as possible, but I end up doing, is I will go on YouTube and watch TV commercials from the 1980s. Right. And I do it as little as I can because it makes me very, very sad. And you just look at people through the lens of 30, 35, almost 40 years now, you look at people, people were so, and, and you have to see this to appreciate it. People were so much happier. I know it's TV and they're smiling for the cameras, but just the decency, there was, there was respect for people. Um, families could exist without, you know, the dad being stupid and the kids being brilliant and all that other stuff. Um, and so in so many ways, and, and this isn't just like a reminiscing, we don't, we don't prep because we just really wish it were 1983 and Ronald Reagan were the president so much deeper than that. Um, 
for all the reasons, you know, we have to make it through this, right? We have to live through this. And part of that is our side, and that's decent people, you know, listening to this. Um, we, we need to be around in order to rebuild the place. And that's one of the things everyone thinks about, oh, I'm going to have beans and rice, so I won't be hungry next week. Okay, that's cool. And I don't want you hungry next week, and you should not be hungry next week. However, think bigger. Uh, our side needs to be the one that weathers this. And so we will be the majority. As I say, we call it the restoration with a capital R. And it's, it's the restoration. And that's what we need to be around for because this is a, this is a bigger deal than just not being hungry. Um, it's bigger than that. So that's what I miss America means to me and, and the face masks and all the other stuff we have with it. It's like, we can't keep it in stock. It's going bananas. And, um, and there are a lot of people out there. I guarantee you, guarantee you, we're going to send you guys some, by the way, if you wear, um, an I miss America face mask in public, you will engage in at least one really great conversation with somebody every time you go out with that on people will say I do too. And that's the way I feel. And you, and so there's a lot of good people out there and we just kind of stay silent. And then you see somebody with this mask and you say, Holy Toledo, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And Shelby, what do you think about that saying? Do you have any more to add to that? Oh, and I, and it, it echoes what we've all said here. I miss America. And, you know, I, let's just run that through the grid of the, of our headlines. I miss America where, where law and order were held to a high standard. I miss America where people commit crimes and they actually go to jail and sir, and there's justice is served. I miss America. I, I felt this way um, in our previous administration. I miss America where we had a president that loved our country. I miss America where we have members of Congress who actually believe in the oath and the oath being to uphold the constitution, not tear it down. I mean, I miss that America where we hold to those sorts of basic standards and honesty to our word and um, upholding of justice and law. We're, we're losing that. And that's where the war is being the war right now is kind of on that level where it's degrading or eroding, I should say, our, our ability to, to, to administer justice. Cause there's so mm -hmm. much, there's so much just chaos right now that in these big cities, you know, we've seen it, law enforcement is being overrun. And so what's, what we're realizing is criminals realize that they can commit a whole lot of chaos and a whole lot of crime without any consequence. And that's, that's where everyone's buying all their firearms. I think we can get to that point. But I miss that America where it's like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't or set a fire to a building because that's a 20-year sentence. I miss that America. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't I miss America too. I think we should open the borders completely back yeah. up again so that we can push all these people that hate America out of here <laughs> and then put the wall back up again. <laughs> I'm, I, it's so yeah. irritating, these people. And, you know, we were just talking on another show where in Oregon that they caught some a guy setting fires and then let him go. And then later, same, later in the same, same day, day, caught him doing more. And it's like, yep. so we have to know that there's politicians, there is law enforcement, there's other groups that want the chaos. They I want it. And because... Because, I mean, if a guy walks into my store to buy a gun and he's a felon and he gets denied because he's a felon, what do they do to him? Absolutely nothing. But what do they do to me, the law-abiding citizen? They put stricter laws on me so that I can't have what we love. 
So it's, oh, I'm starting to get angry now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see, there you go. Well, that right there. I miss America. I yeah. think it should be a felony for a guy to try, a felon to buy a firearm, but whatever. You know what I mean? So it's all of it is a It is a felony for yeah. a felon to buy a firearm. Right. He can't even, a felon can't even walk into a gun shop. Right. You know, he can't even be in a gun shop. And they're not yep. doing anything to him. They haven't since Obama started, who was our number one gun salesman of the year for four years or eight years. Yes, until COVID. But so <laughs> the, the thing is, they don't do anything to him, but they make more laws. Just Let's just make more yep. laws. Yep. So okay. I want to go to so, Portland and clean that stuff up. You guys want to go with me? <laughs> you know what? I spent a lot of time. I lived in Portland for a long time, and um, I've served my time. I'm good. <laughs> right, right. So, you yeah, know, I hear you there. Consequences. When you do something illegal, you should be, you know, I, I myself personally, whatever force is necessary to protect that city should have been used day one. Well, I mean, what is the saying that they like to chant? No justice, no peace. And I'm thinking, well, where's the justice in destroying people's livelihoods and, and the their peace. property yeah. with arson? And it yeah. is called arson. I don't care what your reason for throwing the Molotov cocktail is. Mm -hmm. It's still arson. But they have yep. Arson, yep. Mm, yeah, let's not go get okay, on that one. Okay, you guys got all riled up. up. And this is Monday. I can't be riled up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. Like, oh. I know we have a limited time, but wow, yeah. Um, so uh, I had actually prepared some questions and we didn't talk about any of them yet because the rest of this has just been so, so good. Um, you, go, you both uh, understand the importance of carrying concealed, right? Not just gun ownership, not just protecting your home with a firearm, but actually concealed carrying. And was this something you both always did or was there kind of an evolution to you realizing that there, that's an important feature to personal security? Shelby has a more compelling story about this, so she should probably go with a more interesting answer than mine. So there's, there's yes, I'd like to go first because I think women really struggle with concealed caring because it's hard. So I started concealed carrying about 2012 and it started, it's, I, I went in baby steps, got my first firearm, got my license, got some training. And then it's the, how do I carry and keep it concealed? And I did a really good blog post on my website, a great state called what's in Shelby's purse. And I, and I have links and hyperlinks to all the products at that time that I used to carry with, I still use them, but what's nice. And I've discovered this just recently there's this, luckily that's an industry that continues to change because women, it's, it's hard. It's, it, and I talk about this in my books, you put an, an outside the waistband, uh, holster on my hip. All that does on a woman's hip is put it out there and say, look, I have a firearm. That's all that happens. So you've got to find creative ways to conceal. So I started caring though, because at the time in 2012, being a conservative living in Portland, Oregon, Mm. And, um, and what Glenn calls, we didn't know each other at the time, actually, um, just creepy people, creepy, creepy people. And by the time my, um, my kids were small, so many times I'd be just out in public and have a creepy person say or do, or, and it happens to women all the time. Yeah. It's all these like little momentary, like that guy just creeped me out and it's and it's scary it's alarming and i got tired of being scared and i got to the point where it's like i just 
first of all, be assertive, fight back, give the dirty look back and, and just kind of be ready to, to defend yourself and your kids. But that's off a little bit. But I will say this, what happened to, what's happened to me recently in the last few years, I've started um, working at a place that truly is a gun-free zone. Like I could lose my job. So I've gotten two laps and I admit that, and Glenn is happy that I've, I've gotten mm -hmm. two laps and not caring because it's so hard. I have to like arm and disarm and disarm that we're done with that. Just in the last few weeks, I did a whole new search of the internet of ways to carry. And so um, I think it's important. I think it's one of those things that women keep looking for that, that fits you the best. And you're going to have to invest some money in it. But in this day and age, when you have, you know, Antifa pulling people out of cars, you have mm -hmm. them ramming cars, you have people, this lawless culture that we have right now, Mm. women you need to be protecting yourself i did a live facebook chat a couple weeks ago that um where i just read from my chapter in my books chapter i believe it's 48 but it's called cincinnati about the this family just getting off here's my cat's gonna join us now this family <laughs> just getting off of a city bus thinking they're gonna catch the next bus and them getting totally accosted by a riotous crowd and it's and it's a graphic horrifying seen but it needs to be the lesson learned folks we and and it's this isn't just a city problem when you have antifa in recent weeks i don't care what the media says he was going out into the woods into the rural communities and setting fires we need to be able to defend our our, our our personal families but also our house and home and that's what the second amendment was put there for so ladies um, check out my website for that blog post and or you can look um, look me up on social media and I'll tell you some of the new products I found recently I it's got to happen and yeah. you're just a victim waiting to happen and 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 I know Glenn has some thoughts on this because he's been with me when the creepy people show up <laughs> yeah the answer from my perspective um, I'll, I'll give it chronologically in very short fashion about 15 years ago about 2005 I was in Olympia and we, we've been having rioting and Antifa there for a long, long time before it was cool, right? And so I'm taking my daughter, I'm picking her up from ballet, my, my cute little adorable innocent daughter. We're in a car and a bunch of people with black handkerchiefs over their face, which is very scary, yeah, before COVID. Um, I'm stopped at an intersection and they're rioting or pro, they're not rioting, they're protesting. They start dragging a, a trash dumpster across the intersection in front of my car and it hit me i had no gun and there's my daughter and these are bloodthirsty monsters and now i'm trapped i i zoomed around them and uh, committed a variety of traffic offenses and i don't care so that started it um there's the here's another thing that a lot of people don't consider um i am I am much less likely to get in a fight when I'm carrying a gun. I've had people insult me when I'm carrying and I just laugh and walk away because I'm not getting in a gunfight over that. Yeah. And so I, I think that my propensity to get in trouble goes way, way down <laughs> by carrying. Um, and the other thing is there, and she touched on it, but now there are so many people on fentanyl and meth and there are people who are um, living out on the streets, often by choice to be quite honest and they are so crazy there's there's no turning back so and then the final item chronologically speaking i'll be vague about this but a few months ago antifa 
doxed us and doxing is where they go and they put people's home addresses and names and kids and stuff up on their websites and encourage lone wolf uh, psychopaths mm -hmm. um, to go give them the Tucker Carlson treatment. Maybe it's not pounding on the door. Maybe it's worse. And so I understand this doesn't apply to everybody. So I'm not saying it's everything, but it is, it is amped up the importance of it. And now it's a very, very serious thing. Um, not just, I mean, carrying, but I mean, it goes even farther than that. There's backup and there's places to be and there's elaborate plans in place. Um, and so it's very, very real to us. That's one of the reasons she's wearing a face mask, even though it's not a COVID thing uh, for facial recognition. We don't need people in our little town to know who we are. Um, so that's, a, that's an answer. It's many, many things. And I'll end with this. It's our right and rights that are not are just like atrophying muscles. If you don't exercise a right, it atrophies. And um, mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm not going to live in a country where I can't carry a gun uh, for my own safety. So I'm going to carry a gun. And that's not that. And that, if I can jump in here, that is such a double edged sword. And anti that I want to let people know that is a tactic of Antifa to block traffic mm -hmm. so that you're blocked in your car. Mm -hmm. So you have a choice to either run over Antifa or run right. over or cause damage or that, and, and then they pull you out of your car and beat you. Yes. You, I mean, and here's, we were just talking about this earlier with I Miss America. And when that person, when a person in one of those cars, and we've seen the, the headlines, runs over, runs into, pushes aside citizens to get out of the way, they are charged. Those people are still in jail. They have a year's legal battle ahead of them yes. for trying to defend themselves. Yes. But the Antifa BLMers are out there right now blocking the same freeway, causing the same damage. Yes. So there's this not only is I miss America where there was equal justice under the law, not this yeah. weaponizing of government against a certain ideology. People don't believe me. The videos are out there. People have been pulled out of cars and beaten right. senseless. It's sad. This is it not is. just me talking. No, and, and it, it is reality and it's a very terrifying reality because it's like there's no, there's no good rate, way for those of us that just want to live our lives and be law-abiding citizens and love our neighbors, ourselves, it's like we're being forced into this corner of bad and worse choices. It's, it's really- Thank you. Tragic. Yes. Perfect. Well said. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. So um, I think we may have already covered this one, but what kind of started your, your journey on uh, preparing for civil unrest? Uh, I, am I going to, I guess I'm going to go, Glenn didn't jump in there. So what started my, for me personally, and it's before I knew Glenn is I, I was, again, going back to, I was a conservative in Oregon and, um, had, and worked in a situation where, where already the left knows my name and address. I had a few visits to my door. Um, I'm concerned for my safety. So I started preparing more from a, from the second amendment point of view to defend myself. And then, um, I think what got me preparing like food and rations and things like that was, um, some of the urban fires, believe it or not, in 2016, when I was preparing, not just defensively, there was a huge urban fire near Portland that was actually kind of my inspiration for the fires I write about in my books that came right up to Portland, very similar to this summer. 
it's almost like 2016 was like the John the Baptist of 2020. But, <laughs> and I remember thinking it would be a good idea to have some things on hand. And, and I talk about this a lot in my book, budget was super tight. And I had at that time gotten into couponing. You can't do this anymore because there's coupons are, the, the whole industry has changed, but we've all seen those shows where you can, you know, with a handful of coupons, you can walk in and get $1,000 worth of stuff for like $5. We've seen that show. That doesn't happen anymore. But I'll tell you what, I can walk into a grocery store and cut my bill in half. And, and stockpiling is one of the kind of tenants of couponing. Stock up on those things that are super duper 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 cheap right now that are shelf stable that will last you forever. And I use the example in my books of barbecue sauce. And it was based on a true example. I bought like 25 bottles of barbecue sauce for free or like 25 cents a bottle. Oh, wow. And then you'll keep that forever and ever and use it over the, and kind of eat through it and use it, especially kids at the time who dip everything in barbecue sauce. And then when you need barbecue sauce, go, when it's in an off season, barbecue sauce is like $3 a bottle. So you're buying oh, yeah. the value of it and stockpiling like that marries really well with prepping so that's i came at prepping food mm. from the point of view of, of couponing and doing it on a budget so and i know glenn has some thoughts on this too yeah i have a completely different approach but they really are complementary when you get down to it and that is um i was living in olympia state capital of washington very liberal place uh, i was a quote known conservative Ooh, spooky and um uh, that was part of it. And I was in state government and I would have conversations with people who had, and there's no big conspiracy or anything, but like access to a lot of interesting information and they were prepping and because, and they were, they would say, they get to know me and they'd say flat out, we can't sustain this. This is, this is not sustainable. That's more of an economic and political thing than anything. So that was what, started it and then I reverted back here I am living in the suburbs being a lawyer and a lobbyist and doing all this political stuff I grew up poor in the country and I I remember my 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 rural redneck poor kid ways about how we you know we it was it wasn't even called prepping it was called like cutting wood and like having chickens and like normal stuff and then I, I got to thinking about how fragile um, supply lines are, um, grocery stores in particular, but how fragile everything is. And then I'm seeing all these people who have access to information preparing. And I said, well, maybe I should. And then it's kind of an avalanche from that. Once I started doing it and I opened up my mind, here's the key thing. I opened up my mind mm -hmm. to the possibility that stuff won't always be there in the stores and the police won't always respond in 45 seconds to 911 calls. Once you accept that a uh, perfect pristine life is not a given, and by the way, everyone's seeing that here in 2020, so welcome aboard. But once you, once you start thinking that, the, it's so natural and logical where you're gonna end up, which is doing the things that, that we've all done um, mm -hmm. to prepare for it. So yeah, that was it, so different, different approach, different starting point, but came to the same place as Shelby. Wow. No, that's so interesting because, you know, the stuff that we did when we were younger, it was a combination of both of those things. I mean, my grandparents raised me for part of my life and they were uh, children of the depression. And so they that's understood true. want, they understood lack. And so they were preparing a, a, against that. 
and um, and they were also very thrifty. So they would use mm -hmm. their coupons, and they were trying to be uh, prepared for what might come around the corner. Um, so this phrase that we've used a few times, it's the name of your podcast, um, name of your website, Prepping 2.0. What does that what does that mean? Why 2.0? I'll field this. Um, we talk about not only the mid and intermediate level of the thing. We, we describe it this way. Prepping 1.0 is having some beans and, you know, a case of 5.56 ammo and an AR-15 and all those kind of low-hanging fruit, easy to do things. And that's cool. And we encourage it. There's no elitism here. There's no, oh, we're like a we're like a purple belt and you're only a lime green belt, you know, karate or whatever. <laughs> and so there's none of that. But what we do is we take it once you've got that first level down, the next level is in our mind things that that get overlooked. Um, community, water, mm -hmm. communications, night vision. Oh my goodness. You, it's great to be able to cheat. I love cheating. Um, and night vision is the way to cheat, but, um, all those, that, that next level of stuff. And, and we wanted to convey that in the title of the show. And so, like I said earlier, there's a million podcasts that'll tell you 10 things to put in a bug out bag. Go ahead and listen to those podcasts and do that stuff. And then when you're ready to start thinking about, well, what does a food industry CEO see coming in the winter and why? then listen to prepping 2.0 so that's where we got the name very cool and all so important um and that idea of community i mean if you can you know it's, it's kind of like the the old barter system you know in in small towns in rural america way back when that you know they might not have had a lot of cash on hand but this guy had chickens and that guy had cows and you know, so on and so forth. And, and just having, being able to um, share your resources, I think, um, I mean, I'm not sure that's the direction you were going, but that's where my brain went. Absolutely. And all of that is, is illustrated in my books and her books. And it just works. I mean, it's been working for a lot longer than a system where you drive through to a Starbucks and hand them a card and you get a 900 calorie, you know, drink. Um, and some a little zeros and ones move around on some accounts. That is a very new, very fragile <laughs> system that is not sustainable. And I just look back at how people have always lived, both here and around the rest of the world. And there's some pretty apparent patterns. There's some very apparent things that work well and some things that don't. And once all the luxury and um, fanciness of being able to drive through and get that Starbucks drink, once that goes away for a variety of reasons, like semi-trucks aren't able to drive down the road, um, we'll go back to the way it's always been. And don't be scared of it because it's a pretty good system. And as long as you have a, a way to keep the bad people at bay, and that involves force, by the way, sharp words don't work, um, then, then we can have a better system. It'll be sustainable and it'll it'll work. I'm all about practicality. Everything that we've been talking about today is reasonable. It's about saving money on barbecue sauce. It's about, you know, carrying a gun lawfully and all these other things. Nobody, at least in our world, is suggesting crazy stuff like going into debt, breaking laws. None of that. You don't need to. You don't need to. And we describe how on the show. Well, I, I am worried about with this COVID, you know, they, they started this cashless system already. They're testing yeah. it. 
and they're telling people, oh, we don't have change, so we need you to use your debit card. And a lot of people are getting smart, and they're saying, hey, okay, we'll put the 15 cents on the debit card, and that's going to cost you, your company, some money. <laughs> but the thing is, I'm, I go to my bank, a community bank, and there's, they have plenty of change. Mm-hmm. I ask, have you ever been shortchanged? No. How much do you want? Well, exactly. I don't eat any. But it's there. And I went to uh, McDonald's and they wouldn't give me change. And I said, well, then you're going you're gonna to do something because I'm not walking out of your minus. But anyway, so I think they're trying to set us up for cashless. Use your yep. debit card. But here's the dangerous thing. Everybody that's listening, they can stop that immediately. They can close your cashless system so you can't move. And if you don't have cash, you are going to be helpless without it, right? Exactly. And, in, and I hate to keep saying this, but it's true. In, in my books, I talked about the F card system, the freedom card system. Of course, it kind of became known funnily as something else with the F cards, but the uh, freedom cards, and that's exactly how they, they funneled money into the accounts of people they liked and they froze it from the accounts of people they didn't like, I think there's a really fair chance that the trillions of dollars of money that are in 401ks and IRAs and other things um, can be, um, res- the access to that can be restricted in a variety of ways. It happened in Cyprus, it happened in Greece. Um, and you're exactly right. And to add to the mixture of bartering and cash that you mentioned, we're huge proponents of gold and silver, especially silver and the unfancy stuff hallmarked us you know junk silver as opposed to like collector's coins i mean right. if you want to have a new hobby that's cool go be a coin collector but um and we're big fans of that and ammunition is as a barter oh my goodness gracious we're already seeing that little bits mm-hmm. little teeny bits mm-hmm. um so you got to think outside the box and that's shelby and i've been doing this for a number of years written about it we talk about it every week on the show um here, cool thing about the show is that it's not just us. We have Patreon supporters who are just amazing people, and they'll ask questions, and they'll they'll suggest topics, and it is really a big. We have about eight hundred of them. It's a big conversation with a lot of really smart people and people that have different perspectives. They live in different parts of the country, different demographically from each other. It is a really great. We call it the steering committee for the show. So we we gladly accept wisdom from a variety of people. Well, Glenn, two other things. You said uh, about the, the buying silver, and I agree with that. There is a lot of silver you can buy, generic silver rounds. Whenever you go to a shop tr- that you trust, try to buy the generic silver rounds mm-hmm. because they're usually a couple dollars over spot versus $10, $15 for silver eagles, things like that. But the other thing that one of the things I worry about, the United States is the only – country that i know of that didn't has not stopped production on their their currency you could use currency from the 1800s is still usable today you wouldn't because it's worth more money but it's still usable where people like where countries like mexico they stopped the country they stopped the currency they say okay you have x amount of days to turn your money in for the new money or your old money is going to be useless Right. And so let's talk about hoarding cash. If you hoard hundred dollar bills, we could wake up one morning and the government says you have X amount of days to turn that money in for the new $100 bill because the old $100 bill is going to be useless in 30 days. And it's now, happened so many places. Yes. Right. Keep going. That, Sorry. To so that way they can track how much money you have, what you're doing with it. So mm-hmm. it happens in other countries. It hasn't happened in the United States yet. 
but that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. So you can't say, well, I've got stacks of hundred dollar bills, yeah. so I'm safe. No, you're not. Yeah. What were you going to say about that, Glenn? Oh, no, I was just going to say it happens everywhere or worse than even what you're saying is your $100 bill you have to turn in for the new $10 bill, right? They devalue the currency that way because they have huge debts to pay in old dollars and they need to have a new dollar that is only worth – I mean you get rid of 90% of your debt by paying it back with the new money and and all these other things. And it's happened – we're not believers in conspiracy theories, but we are believers in history, and it's happened so many places. Almost every country. Yes. Venezuela is the latest one. Used to, 20 years ago was a prosperous country. Now uh, their dollar bills, I, and, and Glenn knows the name of it. He always corrects me. Uh, the Boulevard. Three, they're, the Boulevard. They're, they're, they ended, there's um, very graphic um, pictures out there of just boulevards on the street like trash. Because yeah. it's so that's valued. The only Venezuela, thing, we don't have a lot of time, but one of the things yeah. that I'm always concerned with, so maybe somebody can answer this. If I had a, a tenth ounce of gold and I needed to eat, mm-hmm. I would not, I mean, I, I would not trade my food for a tenth ounce of gold, period. So I don't know if you're hungry, yeah. why gold would necessarily be good because I'm not, I'm not going to give my food up for gold. Mm-hmm. if it came to that situation you're right and and that is a very real thing we believe in in layering whether it's food or guns or anything have some some silver rounds some hallmark silver have some cash because in the immediate couple weeks before everybody else figures it out the cash will still be good mm-hmm. and have some gold and the reason for gold and i am i'm probably 90 percent silver 10 percent gold for just the reason it's easier to make change basically um but the reason to have some gold if you can is for some really big ticket items. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that of course means somebody has big ticket stuff that they're willing to part with, which may not be the case. So, I mean, it's not a panacea, um, but some gold for big ticket things could be really, really good. I could see um, medical supplies like antibiotics. I could see medical care, you know, black market doctor and dentist stuff you don't want a toothache while all this is going on Um, so to pay for some of that really big stuff but there's no downside to having a bunch of silver that you can dole out another reason not to stroll around with gold like you were you know uh, concerned about and it's true if you show up at the you know i call them um I call them the uh, trading booth, you know, the big, like the fairgrounds and becomes like a giant garage sale and you can buy antibiotics for stuff. If you go rolling in and you you pull out a one ounce gold coin, that's now worth 45,000 us dollars, which Mm $45,000 aren't worth much. But anyway, you do that. Those places are run by and populated by gangs and you're not going to make it out to the parking lot. So you need to have smaller amounts to not get robbed. Yeah. Very practical. See how practical this is? It's all practical. No economic theory necessary. Right. And people are buying the one gram bars and I, and I, I can see that, but the one gram bars, they're like five times more than the value of gold. Yeah. So you you do have to be careful with that, but you know, you need to read on it and study on it. And when you buy gold and silver, you need to get somebody you can trust to buy. Yes. Oh gosh. Yes. We've had a couple shows on that and folks can look it up and, and, and we won't go on about it, but yeah, we, we have a very um, methodical, we think well thought out system with that. And we have a company we've been working with for a long, long time and it's gone really well. So listen awesome. to the episodes and get the awesome. details. Awesome. 
Well, we are getting uh, just where we're about out of time, but I do want to just kind of, since you, you have been oracles by accident, <laughs> right? But oracles yeah. nonetheless of where we are right now, what, what is your gut or what is your, your natural progression of your storylines? What do they show you that we <laughs> should anticipate over, I mean, we're just, not too far away from a huge election that could have some craziness and contention connected to it and beyond. What do you guys have for us? Well, I'll jump in there on this one and let Glenn have a moment too. Um, I, I, at least for my books, and I think Glenn would agree, um, tried to leave, you, you try to leave a story on a happy ending. And I left my collapse kind of not quite resolved. It's more of this is kind of the new normal and this is what we're living in. And I think that's probably what we're going to find out now here in America in real life, that there's a new normal. We're going to be in this incredibly politically contentious atmosphere. I think, um, I think we, all of us agree. You can, you can talk to anybody on this, to anyone who comes up to me and talks about the mask on my face. Election day is going to be a, a, a flashpoint. I think the the new um, Supreme Court justice, the Ruth Bader Ginsburg controversy, I think that's going to be part of that. And I think um, the left is going to lose their mind if they don't get what they want out of either one of those processes. And they will also lose their mind if they win the election because now they've got government on their side and they are gonna come after folks like us. Mm -hmm. So those of us who are preppers, we just need to accept the fact that the next four months are going to be flashpoints and there's going to be an aftermath after that. Hmm. Funny, my second book is called The Aftermath After the Flashpoint. So I oh think gosh. there's going to be conflict. I think what we are seeing right now, the that, you know, 100 day riots in Portland that were, I say there were 100 plus days because all they did was move the riots from the city to out setting fires and now they're back to in the city. But we're, that's, that's, this is going to be child's play. I think we're going to see Antifa and the communists. That's what they are. They're paid communists doing what they're doing on steroids around the nation. If one, they don't get their way, or if they do get their way, they're going to do what they're going to do and, and absolutely direct it towards those on the right in a punitive manner. Mm. That's my prediction. I hope that doesn't happen. I think, I hope we all go back to 2018 when it was nice and peaceful. I'm kidding. It's not going to happen, but I, I'll let Glenn answer that as well. Well, yeah. And just to add to that, I think there'll be um, more and more organized rioting. Um, they're not protests anymore. We all know that there's yeah. going to be a lot of Minneapolis's and a lot of what we saw in early June, they're going to amp it up. Um, to try to scare people uh, into voting um, for Biden. And the implied message will be, and has been, and it's not implied, the clearly stated message has been um, vote Democrat or the cities are going to keep burning. There will be an election, uh, obviously. Um, well, <laughs> I assume so. Um, Trump will uh, initially win big numbers. The D's will, and here's the key word, obviously. They will obviously cheat with the, I've done, a federal voting rights act case i've litigated a voter registration case when i was in government um i know a lot about this topic um the the mail the voting by mail the the ballots being counted after the election the reason i key on the word obvious is 
everyone in this country is getting well, except like hardcore leftists who are like drinking Kool-Aid. Normal people will instantly see that this is cheating. And then there'll be monkey business with certifying the electors for the electoral college. I don't mean like bribes or anything. I mean like all these ballots coming in and, and the left, the very organized and well-financed left will put the gas pedal on all of the arson and and the looting and the riots and they'll keep going and their their rally cry will be count all the votes and i don't know who wins i don't even know if we know who wins um then we have whoever whoever the president is 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 going to be sort of like damaged in the sense of like um tens of millions of people you know screaming that they don't want this person um I, th I think Shelby's exactly right. If if Trump wins in the final sense, um, that that they'll just keep going. And here's the thing: there's no consequence. We talked about this earlier. There are district attorneys in a lot of cities right now that will not charge. This is not hyperbole. This is fact. They will not charge these people for doing this. And I don't know. I mean, we're all live-biting people, but you know, think about this. Close your eyes and pretend. If you couldn't get arrested or you could, or you get booked and fingerprinted, if you if there was nothing bad that happened to you for like smashing stuff and stealing stuff, a lot of people in this country would be like, yeah, I could use some new tennis shoes, right? And so um, they're, they're, they can't, they won't in these cities enforce the law. It'll get to a point where they cannot. There aren't enough cops. I have a ton of police friends that they tell me the same thing. So then we slide into January. And it just keeps getting worse. And overlaying over all of this is the inevitable um, economic uh, visible collapse. Obviously, it's been going on and the numbers are terrible. And we all go over about our lives thinking everything's cool because, you know, we still have our jobs kind of thing. Um, it'll be obvious, that word again, it'll be obvious to everyone that the economy is just in shambles. Um, I don't know why foreign governments would possibly buy U.S. Treasury bills right now, especially if the United States government is in shambles and nobody knows who the president is. One of the reasons foreign countries buy our bonds, one of the reasons, there are many, is that it's the stable place and stable government and stable country. Um, well, if we have the two presidents scenario, which a Green Beret friend of mine, never been in the military, he has, um, keeps telling me about that's going to be a problem. And then you could have inflation, a bunch of other stuff. So a big ball of badness. Um, and it is politically fueled. It is, there's an economic thing. And then I think the last of the three things is the societal thing. And here's, here's how I see this happening. A lot of people like us, a lot of the normal people we run into when we're wearing our I Miss America mask and people are talking to us, um, a lot of good Americans, they saw what happened in 2016. They saw what happened um, recently with the riots. And there are all these decent people that are holding back when the floodgates open. And by the way, this thing about nobody can get prosecuted because there aren't enough cops and, and all that other stuff, uh, it works both ways, guys. And when our side says, okay, I'm not going to get prosecuted like Kyle Rittenhouse. I'm not going to get prosecuted like the McCloskeys. Um, I, I have a free reign to defend my cul-de-sac. That's when you're going to see the tiger emerge. And the tiger is the decent, well-armed American. And that's when the left is going to realize that they just grabbed onto an electric fence. And, and that's going to be nasty too. I, in, in closing, I'm a lawyer, right? I get to say things like that. Um, in closing, I think that it's going to be very regional. 
maybe even down to the city or county level, um, certainly at the state level. Um, like we're seeing now, some places in the country in June were just completely just destroyed and other places you wouldn't even know. I mean, um, probably where you guys live, right? It, it wasn't that big of a deal. So we're gonna see, see more of that too. And it just will be disunity, anger. There will be some revenge stuff. I mean, you know, the Kyle Rittenhouse stuff and then the guy shot in Portland, writ large times, you know, times 10,000 kind of thing. Um, it'll be violent, it'll be uncertain. And all you'll have is your community and your family and your guns and your preps. That's how I see it. All right. Well, tell folks, <laughs> please. Uh, I mean, I, it, it sounds dire, but I think the point is there are things you can do to hedge against these things as a as an individual. And that is what uh, prepping is about. That's what your show is about. Um, and so I, I think that there's hopefulness in that. There, there are things that each individual can do, and that's the hopeful piece of it. But um, you guys are awesome. Thank you for coming on. I'm going to start with uh, Shelby. Tell folks how they can follow the work that you do and buy all of your books. Oh, very good. Thank you. Yes, I will. I will say this. That's what's cool about prepping is that when you listen to like what Glenn just said, you can't control anything except what you, your sphere, and your family unit, you can control that. And that's what prepping is all about. You can find us at prepping2-0.com. You can listen to all of our episodes there. You can um, also click on our shop page and find our cool merchandise. You can click over and find our books. We link to our books there. Everything prepping 2.0 to find out anything is at prepping2-0.com. Encourage you to go there, listen in. Uh, we have new episodes every week. Fantastic. Anything to add to that, Glenn? No, she stated it extremely well. And thank you just so much for having us on. It was great talking to you guys. Great talking to you guys. You as great. well, both of you. We are definitely having you both back on so we can do a little bit more. Um, so we can prep some I, more. I, I, I told you so stuff. <laughs> guys, thank you very much, both of you, and uh, hope to see you soon. Thank, thank you. Bye-bye. Adios, guys. You know, what can it hurt to prep? That's, that's the thing. I mean, even if you somehow feel a little bit silly thinking about, you know, oh, what am I going to do? I'm going to have a bunch of, you know, cans of soup in the, the cupboard. Okay, so you have some cans of soup You're gonna in have the anyway. You need food anyway. Buy, yeah. Yeah, buy the what, things you like. What's weird about that? Buy the things you like and watch your expiration date. You don't have to buy 100 cans today, but buy 10 cans today. Yeah. Next month, buy ten more. Yeah, <clears throat> Whatever. I'm not. I'm not real familiar, but I do know this. When I travel on a trip, if it says next gas station thirty miles away, I'm gonna look at my gas tank and go, hmm, should I get gas here, or should I prepare my and prepare myself, or should I just think I can make it to the next gas station? So there's nothing comparison. wrong with prepping in everything and you do in your life. Great comparison. All right. Well, we've got to get on out of here. That was an awesome discussion. Um, I'm excited to go listen to their podcast and check out their website. I love the, that phrase, I miss America. Um, I, I do miss America. I hope that, that we can reinvent ourselves in such a way that uh, we keep the best the best that we've learned and the best that we grew up with um, for our grandkids, our, our 
children and our children's children. Children's right? children's children. All right. Well, thank you so much to our awesome guests, Glenn Tate, Shelby Gallagher, Prepping 2.0. Uh, Glenn writes the 200, 299 Days series, and Shelby writes the A Great State series. Definitely check those out. And um, thank you to our amazing listeners. We so appreciate you yes. giving you lots to discuss around the dinner table and the um, carpool. Are we carpooling again? No. Hopefully you can't. soon. You got to be six feet away from everybody. <laughs> well, unless you're on a plane, apparently. Hey, I could use my trailer and carpool people. You can <laughs> put three people in it, it's 24 foot. There you so. go. No, I, all this social distancing. And then I flew somewhere recently and it was like, oh, we're, we're sardines just like we were before. So I guess it's just when it's convenient. They're going to start know? putting the seats on the plane, so, on the wings. Yeah. So, yeah. all right, guys, thank you so much. Um, you know, check us out on YouTube, on GunStreamer, on the Obslins app for video you want to listen to the audio only go to our gunfreedomradio.com click the on demand uh on demand tab and binge listen to your heart's content darling darling i love it um until next time pray for this nation if we yes. haven't given you reasons today to pray for our nation i don't know i don't know what the then. two p's pray and prepare i like it all right and um pray for our leaders our representatives the people who are in positions of authority and responsibility to wake up pray that they will wake up pray for all of them even the ones you don't like especially the ones that are sleeping pray that they'll wake up all right everybody have a great week be Bye -bye. good to each other and god bless